What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every day. Start your day with it, five days a week, free wherever, free on every single platform. Never going to charge you a dollar for it. That's the deal. So make it your first listen every single day. Tell your friends to do the same. In today's show, I'm going to tell you who the Blazers should draft at number seven. I'm going to walk you through how I ended up there. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about a, and the mock draft exercise I did with my colleagues at the Locked On Podcast Network, in which I landed on the exact same player because it turns out Benedict Matherin from Arizona is my Huckleberry, a spoiler, or not even a spoiler, but a reveal here in the first 70 seconds of the podcast. That's where I landed. How did I get there? That's what I want to do today. Uh, I have, I am not, I'm not a, I'm not a draft, big draft guy. I'm not a big college basketball watcher. Um, I spend a lot of time watching the NBA and I love it. Um, I don't have the bandwidth to watch that much collegiate basketball, uh, go Tar Heels. But uh, it's, so I kind of tap into the draft with people I trust in the, in the draft world, you know, um, Sam Vecini at The Athletic, Kristen Pika, Yahoo Sports, Jeremy Wu at Sports Illustrated, uh, the staff over at The Ringer, like, um, I, I tap into my draft people, uh, Jonathan Gavoni and Mike Schmitz at, at ESPN. It's it's uh, shout out to Ricky O'Donnell at SB Nation. Like I, I I get my I've done this. You know I've spent almost ten years doing Blazer stuff. Like I I, I trust the people I trust. Um, now thanks to the Lockdown Podcast Network, I can call my friend Raphael Barlow who runs a wonderful subscription website, uh, the NBA Big Board, and also a, a a companion podcast here in the network locked an NBA big board dude is a professional draft scout. Like I can, I can ask him who, who he likes and who he's seen and what he's heard and all those things. Like I, um, I have a little bit of access to information and increasingly have more access to information, but I don't have the bandwidth to pour over the tape. So I develop this along with you, dear listener, right? Like I, some of you probably really pour into this stuff. Like it's, it's all out there available for you. There's a bunch of, uh, you know, shout out to hoops and intellect on YouTube. There's a bunch of like smart, people who are breaking it down. You can learn a lot. And I certainly have over the last little bits, but I consider myself an NBA expert because I watch all the damn teams. So I like, I I can form opinions that are uniquely mine just by watching. I can't really do that with the NBA draft. So I learned from the experts. And in some ways that makes me a victim of the sort of group think that comes around at draft time is that like I'm reading other people's takes and then I'm kind of synthesizing what I like and what I don't like and watching a little bit of the clips that they share and watching YouTube videos. Do I see the same thing? All, all things like that. But it's it's selected for me, right? Like there's some, um, there's some selection bias with what I'm reading because the folks have already cut it up for me. But I've, what I, what I try to do and I haven't, I don't do like a full big board, but I kind of just like to rank out like the Blazers have the seventh pick and the, the, this is as high as they've been since I've been doing this. So usually it'd be like 15. So uh, it'd be a little bit, a little, there'd be more people in the range, but now it's like, who are the, who are players that if they were on the board, I would absolutely take them. And I, and so how I, how I landed on Ben Matherin is I made a big board. I made a top 10 and my top 10 is not is in no way like definitive, but it is mine. It is, is kind of where I am. This is uh Tuesday, June 21st show. It's two, you know, 48 hours before the draft starts. I, I think this is what I believe. Um, I, I reserve the right to change my mind after one, 
one, that's numerical one minute of Summer League. Till then, pretty firm. Be really firm from the draft till the start of Summer League. That's almost two full weeks. So that's pretty good. That's actually, I think, exactly two full weeks for the people who start on Thursday night. So so for so for the couple of top picks, uh, that's two full weeks of me being firm until one minute of Summer League. But right now, here's what my big board looks like. I've got Chad Holmgren one, Paolo Bancaro two. I feel pretty strongly those are the two best players in the draft. Jabari Smith three. He's slipped for me. Um, the more I read about him, the more I, I've, I I didn't really see him play very much. Saw him play one game at Auburn. Um, he strikes me as Rashard Lewis. Uh, Rashard Lewis is a really good basketball player. I don't know if he's franchise altering. I bet Jabari Smith can be a good pro for a long time. Um, I think Chet and Paolo have chance to be stars in this league. Four, I have Jaden Ivey. Um, I I really like Jaden Ivey's functional athleticism. I think he's athletic, but athletic in a way that like he can he plays athletic. Like his just his speed and his burst and his change of direction. Like I really like Jaden Ivey, and I think if he develops a little bit more pa- playmaking, a little bit more passing juice, he's going to be really special as a guard in this league. I I, I think he's going to be super fun to watch as a rookie for sure too. Five, I had Shaven Sharp. I haven't seen Shaden Sharp except for some AAU videos cut up on YouTube. I've read a bunch about him. I'm fascinated by him. But typically guys who are the you know number one pick or number one recruit in their class, typically they turn out to be good pros. I'll bank on him being a good pro. I don't know about a star, but when I had Kristen Peak on here, uh, Yahoo, Yahoo Sports draft analyst, she said that Shaden Sharp could be, if, he, if he, all of it hits, Anthony Edwards with a jump shot. That changed my mind on him. I said, that is such, that is such high praise. That is such high praise from someone who knows... Kristen would not just say that if she didn't. She knows she knows what she's doing. She means it when she says it. So I, I bumped Sharp up ahead of Keegan Murray to five. That's Sharp at five. Keegan Murray at six. Seven, eight, and nine. I have I have really pained over, and that's where the Blazers find themselves at seven. I have Ben Matherin at seven, followed by Dyson Daniels and then AJ Griffin. And I think these three guys are not only pretty darn good fits for the Portland Trail Blazers, but really close, really close. If AJ Griffin didn't have the two injuries, mostly the kneecap thing, um, I think the ankle injury is a little bit overblown in his senior year of high school. But dislocated kneecap his junior year. Um, if he didn't have that, and it didn't had, and then he didn't have another knee sprain that cost him the beginning of his Duke career. And by that I mean big minutes. His, in his Duke career. He started the first game or he played the first game of the season, did not miss a game at Duke. Uh, he just didn't play big minutes in the first like two weeks, three weeks of the season. And then he was, uh, you know, coming off the bench and then they were trying to figure out where he fit. And I think if he had been healthy and be able to play in training camp, he might've just stolen that spot and, and run away with it. If he didn't have those slight injury concerns, I think AJ Griffin would be the guy for me. Um, and that's, I, I was born and raised in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I know where AJ Griffin went to college, um, but I think he's going to be a really good pro. He's nine, though. Dyson Daniels really, really, like, I'm going to like Dyson Daniels as a player for sure. Um, I love big point guards, and he is strikes me as someone who could be a really fun big point guard. Um, kind of like, uh, you know, a little bit of a juiced up Kyle Anderson type. Like, he's he can be, he can be, and I Kyle Anderson is one of my favorite players in the league. Like, um, I'm going to like Dyson Daniels. We'll get back to Ben Mather in a second. We'll spend a lot of time on him. 10, I have Jalen Duran. At 11, I have Johnny Davis. I think Johnny Davis is going to be a pretty good defensive player immediately. Uh, I, I, I kind of would bank on Johnny Davis end up being a long-term pro in the league. Maybe, I think Davis has a safer floor than both Griffin and Daniels, and I wanted to rank him as high as seven on my, in my big board, and then I'd say, well, I can't take him because it's kind of a guard, and the Blazers don't need more guards type of thing. Um, 
Iowa bank, from what I've read and what I've watched, um, particularly Johnny Davis get around screens. Uh, Caitlin Cooper over at Andy Cornrose and Mark Schindler had a great breakdown of Johnny Davis, and he they he they convinced me that he's going to be a. I, I am a big believer in his floor. I'm a big believer in him being just like a productive pro. I don't know about his ceiling, but I'm a big believer in his floor. And twelve, I have Jeremy Sohan. I don't know what I'd do after those twelve, but those are my twelve. Um, Usman Yang, I don't like. I just don't know enough about him to rank him comfortably. Uh, but he's you know six ten and can pass and shoot a little bit. That's a that's an interesting skill set. There's a bunch of other like you know Mark Williams is in there and a bunch of others um, kind of crowded up after that. But that's my top twelve. But at seven, I have Matherin. He's seven on my board and 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 my pick for the Blazers. I think they should draft him. I'm going to make my definitive case in the second segment. My definitive case. That's how I kind of, that's my logic, how I got here. I'm going to make my plea for Matherin and invite you to tell me while I'm wrong in the second segment. But first, let me talk about price picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. Uh, I love playing price picks. I do it on the app, uh, but you can do it either on your app, wherever you get mobile apps, or at pricepicks.com. And what you do is super duper simple. You're just picking the project the projected lines and an over under. The the lines are set by price picks. You're not playing pros. You're not playing a whole group, a whole field. It's just you versus the projected odds. And for basketball, it's things like points, rebounds, and assists. And you can play WNBA all all season long into the summer. Of uh, you've you've kind of missed out your opportunity to play in the NBA, but you can also play the MLB. MLB. You can play. Um, other sports, as they pop back up, you'll be able to bet on things like tennis as big tournaments come around and things like that, or or, or make an entry with tennis uh, competitors is probably a better way to say that because that's how Prize Picks works. Uh, it's it. I've really enjoyed it. It's super simple. It takes you about 60 seconds to make an entry, and you can win up to 10 times on any single entry. Uh, right now, if you enter the promo code NBA and a WNBA athlete scores one point on your first entry, you're going to get 50 free bucks deposited into your account. That's promo code NBA. Get 50 free bucks when your player on your first entry scores one single point. Go do it right now. That's Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. All right. Ben Matherin. Here's my case. Let's do it. One, I like his size. 6'6. Six, six. Uh, he measures similar to Nazir Little. And while Nas, I think, is probably a three or undersized four. He can play, he can guard twos in the league. Like he has the versatility to play across a couple different positions. I think Matherin can comfortably play a little bit of small forward, which makes him playable next to Damian Lillard and Amphrey Simons. That was a big thing for me. Um, that's why Dyson Daniels and AJ, and AJ Griffin are right there with Matherin because they have the size to probably comfortably play three in the pros and comfortably playing three is incredibly important for what the Blazers need. To be clear, I think the ideal selection here is Keegan Murray because he can play four. Um, I think he can probably play both forward spots in the league and I think he's going to be a, a pretty darn good pro. Um, him being 22 absolutely does not scare me. So uh, I think Murray would be the guy, but uh, more on more on why not Keegan Murray in a second. Uh, actually, I'll just tell you now, and then we can go through the exercise in, a little, in the third segment. I don't think he's going to be on the board. I think he's going to be like I think he's going to. I think he will get drafted in those first six picks. So um, if the Blazers are at seven, I don't think Murray is an option. But if he is, go ahead and get him. But I think the guy is Matherin. Here's why I think the guy is Matherin. He's a career. 38 plus percent three-point shooter he 
from freshman year to sophomore year, he took a huge leap in usage. Like he just had a much bigger role and his efficiency jumped right there with him. I think he has the the athleticism uh, to be a really special player, an offensive player in the NBA and the size, requisite size to be competitive at his position. I think his lack of individual creation like he doesn't maybe have a lot of one-on-one juice to beat his man and he doesn't have maybe maybe his playmaking skills are, are a little bit behind although I've heard some scouts suggest uh, that he he maybe has more playmaking ability than he showed at Arizona and then when he gets into the league he'll show off his passing chops a little bit more um sure rosy rosy upgrade for my guy but uh rosy outlook for my guy rather but even if he doesn't like if he doesn't have the individual creation skills and he's not much of a passer he's going to be a play finisher for the blazers not a playmaker like he's going to spot up and be that type of guy he fits that role right away his 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 skill set is plug and play with what the Blazers need. Do I think he could start in the NBA day one? No, 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 no. But he could contribute. And that's what the Blazers need. They need a high level contributor. That's that's it for me. And and what what I think what really sort of has has me sold on Matherin is that he one, he he scaled up his efficiency with 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 his higher usage. And uh and two, his baseline for what he is is just so valuable. It's just so valuable. Six six with a, with a whole bunch of transition skills. You know, great downhill athlete who can really shoot it. That to me screams like a baseline of someone who can contribute at a really high level in the league. It's kind of why I'm the same high on AJ Griffin. Like I think he's the best shooter in this class, and if he's healthy, like I think just like the baseline of what you're going to get is a long-term NBA player. You're going to get a long-term starter. That's the goal at seven. Is you know you obviously you want to draft a superstar at whatever, and if you have a top ten pick, you'd love to draft a superstar. But a realistic goal for seven is to draft a long-term starter, and I think Ben Matherin's skills give you a pretty darn good baseline for the three and D wing, but two way wing. Let's just use that phrase. Two way wing because three and D and two way are both meaningless, but uh, I prefer two way at this stage, Uh, a guy who can contribute and be competitive on both ends. I think he gives you a baseline for that. That's my, that is my case. The shooting, the athleticism, the general size, Obviously, he'd be better like for the Blazers specifically if he was six foot eight. He'd probably be a little better if he was uh, had the stronger frame like AJ Griffin does, right? Like that's that's why I'm really torn between those two guys. You know, Dyson Daniels is a little bit taller and a little bit better like defender right now. Um, although his frame suggests that he's more of like a one two and and would have to like grow into being a three. Whereas I think Matherin and Griffin are closer to being two threes um, and can. T- two slash threes uh and 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 have their upside there on the wing positions of need in in the league everyone everyone needs that those spots uh smaller wing or bigger wing i think is more where we're headed with those positions as opposed to shooting guard and small forward but small wing big wing i think they're both medium-sized wings uh griffin is a little bit stockier and could be uh could be maybe has easier path to becoming that bigger wing that teams covet but again some red flags about with with some injury concerns if he doesn't have those injury concerns he's probably a top five pick and for me, he's right there with Matherin. But I'm, I'm, um, part of me is probably some inherent Duke bias. But the other part of me is just um, Matherin was the guy on a very good team. He was the you know Pac-12 Player of the Year and the guy. And I think there is some something to be said for just a level of college production. Uh, Griffin was a shooter and kind of pigeonholed into that role. Griffin or er, and and Matherin had 
a little more carte blanche to do more stuff. Like just straight up had more opportunity to do more stuff in the offense than than Griffin did. That is not a, a knock on Griffin. That's just a fact. But I lean towards college production when kind of making these decisions because again, like I I am an amateur at at this. Um, I'm a pro podcaster, amateur dra- draft analyst. So I lean Ben Matherin. He's my pick. Fits a need, relatively high floor, position of value in the league, and I think that he has translatable skills that help him be an early contributor. And that checks all of the boxes for the Blazers. They need someone who can play the forward spots. He can play one of them for sure. They need someone who can contribute early in their career. I think he can do that for sure. And he has relatively safe upside because of his skill set. Because of the shooting and athleticism, he has a relatively safe upside to be a productive NBA player. So you're not taking um, a super big risk. Joe Cronin is is probably much more apt, at least from what we know of him publicly, much more apt to take a, a, a bigger risk than than Matherin. He, Matherin seems like a safe bet, and uh, Cronin seems like someone who would be dying to draft Shaden Sharp. Uh, and quite frankly, if he's there, probably should go ahead and draft him. But to me, Matherin is the pick. He's the guy. I Like I said, I am happy to be wrong on this, and I invite you, dear listener, as many of you have already, and I'm sure many of you will, is share your preferred pick. Either if you're watching on YouTube, shoot, put in the comments or send me an email, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Uh, if you get the pick right, I will shout you out after the draft. We will say, hey, you you knew, you knew, and it's your guy. And I'll, um, I will, I will, I will specify the listeners who shared it with me and got it right. So you can get a little shout out on the show. But yeah, leave the comments in the YouTube section. Shoot me an email, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Those are the places to share your picks. My guy is Ben Matherin. We did a mock draft with the Locked On Podcast Network. And I also landed on Ben Matherin. But it was a journey to get there. Goodness gracious. Let me take you on that journey with me and kind of share you inside the world of Mike the GM. I did poorly. <laughs> I couldn't get a deal done. Let me share about all the times I struck out trying to make a deal work in that third in the third segment. So we'll do to close the show. But first, let me tell you about rockauto.com. The family business serving auto part customers for over 20 years. That's two decades of experience helping you save time and money. Real money. 30, 50, 100% less than if you are going to a chain auto parts store or a car dealership. That's real cash in your pocket, but you could also just save the hassle. There are so many makes and models on the road that uh, the car car dealerships or big chain auto parts store, you know who I'm talking about, like they, they just can't. They physically cannot carry all the parts for your car, but Rock Auto was born online and born to serve you, so they've got everything waiting for you. Plus, they got an easy-to-use website so you can see whatever you're looking for and find it quickly. So go to their website, rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and while you're there, write Locked On and their How Did You hear about us box that way they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com still a pass first point guard still mike richmond you are still listening to locked on blazers and let me take you on a tail right now in your podcast feed search ultimate nba mock draft wherever you're listening to this show YouTube, whatever, um, or any of your pod, podcast providers, search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. Myself and my colleagues, we did a full mock, including trades and all of this, that wacky stuff on 
uh, last week. It, it launched last Thursday, uh, Friday show. You can hear my pick, and it's it's continuing on uh, on Monday and Tuesday of this week to wrap up the first round. Uh, so I got together with all of the Lockdown podcast hosts, and we did a we did a full mock, and um, it was a good exercise just to kind of see what, who who likes whom and all of those things. Uh, we you know we did it in the normal order, and we we there was a there wasn't like a two minute clock, but there was a little bit of clock um, to to make sure that you could, you didn't have like three days to make your pick. Uh, there was there was some sort of natural um, natural. Pr- poking and prodding from those in charge just to like make make sure things move quickly. For me, it was a good exercise calling around to other uh, folks who host uh, team shows on the network, um, local experts as we call them, uh, like to, to get a sense of who they liked, who they didn't like, and who they liked in the league, not just in the draft, but it, like on their own roster. So um, it, let me take you to how I ended up on the clock. The Orlando Magic go first, they took Jabari Smith. OKC took Chet Holmgren, the Rockets took Paolo Bencaro, the Pacers traded, or excuse me, the Kings traded the fourth pick with the Pacers, a, a big old trade in which uh, Malcolm Brogdon, number 58, and a 2023 Pacers top five pick went to the Kings, and the Kings got number four, Rashawn Holmes and uh, Aaron Holiday. A fun trade. So so the Pacers trade up, they take Jay Nivey, the Pistons stand pat, they take uh, Sharp. The Kings have traded back, they've got Malcolm Brogdon, they've got off of Rashawn Holmes's contracts, which we'll see if that's good or bad, because Rashawn Holmes is pretty good, and and they end up with Keegan Murray. So that left me at seven with Sohan and Duran and Griffin and Daniels and Davis and Matherin all on the board. But before I tried to make that trade, I did a bunch of things and I called a bunch of folks. I, I really, I really, really tried to get a second first round pick. Uh, not not that I was trying to um, trade out entirely. In fact, uh, when my man Kuki Heel, what's the deal from uh, Locked on Pistons said, hey, let me know about interest in Jeremy Grant. I said, Ku, no, <laughs> chill. Uh, the I'm not interested because uh, seven for Grant is nonsense to me. Um, uh, nonsense is maybe too harsh of a word. It is not my preference. I would not, not my preference. I went to my number one preference, which is trading seven, the seventh overall pick for PJ Washington and and 13 from Charlotte. I love PJ Washington as a player. I think he's a really versatile defender, pretty underrated on that end. Um, I think he can play four and five, like small ball five and a bunch of four. I think he can shoot it and has some um, off the bounce game that maybe he hasn't totally explored yet. Like I'm a big believer in PJ Washington. I, I think he's, a, I think he's a good NBA player. Uh, there's two hosts that locked on Hornets. One of them said yes. The other one said no. The deal got nixed. They ended up trading like 12 straight up for Jakob Pertl. So they were, they did the right thing. And the locked on Spurs was just a mess. <laughs> trading Pertl for the rights to take Jalen Duren. But whatever. Um, that didn't work out. So then I called, um, I had talked to the Knicks a, a, a little bit and they were, they were kind of balking at seven for Julius Randle and 11. They wanted to give up a, 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 like a first down the line, like a Mavericks first down the line or a Knicks first in, in a year or whatever. And I didn't, I don't want to pick in a year. I don't want to push. I don't want to kick the can down the road for Julius Randle. I want, I wanted Randle and the right to draft a good player at 11, like uh, the right to draft Jeremy Sohan. That was my plan. I was going to get Julius Randle. I was going to get Sohan add two, six, nine forwards and say, Hey, the Blazers are better. Knicks balked at giving up 11 with the pick. We moved on. We moved on. Um, I called, I called Sean Woodley at locked on Raptors. And by call, I meant text. Um, <laughs> 
I'm not work, I'm not actually working the phones. I'm working my text messages. I, I hit up Sean Woodley from Locked On Raptors, and Sean said, hell no to Seven and Josh Hart for OG and Anobi. Um, I, I, I pleaded and prodded again. Uh, he he was not interested. He was not interested. So I, I, I talked a little bit to, or I, I straight up proposed a trade to the Houston Rockets, to the Houston Rockets, to my man Jackson Gatlin over at Locked On Rockets. Check out Jackson's show. He does a great job. Trade seven for 17 Christian Wood and Jay Sean Tate. Uh, you'd have to get a little bit creative with um, using two traded player exceptions to absorb those picks and then you swap draft rights. The Blazers would use it as you know three separate trades. The Rockets would probably treat it as one because they're only getting one thing back, a simultaneous trade. Um, so you could, I could get it done. That was going to be cap legal and get it done. But I balked a little bit because I thought 17 was too far to, uh, to drop back and I don't really like Christian Wood. I don't really like Christian Wood's fit with the use of Nurkic. I think Wood is a pretty good, would be a really good backup center, but he's not going to want that. I didn't want that headache. I really like Jay Sean Tate. I think he's an, um, a really good player. He's probably a bench player on a good team and the Blazers could use that, that bench depth. So I liked the trade in general, but I tried to get more than just 17 because I felt like I felt like I was giving up the premier asset in the trade and getting back three things that are just kind of eh. And I thought seven for three things that are kind of eh was not maybe ideal for what the Blazers need. Like they want to be really good. Um, and I'd rather just, for me, the upside of Matherin outweighed the value of 17 Christian Wood and Jay Sean Tate. You tell me if I screwed that up because that's the one I'm most concerned that I that I kind of passed up and didn't um, didn't didn't like earnestly consider further. So I asked for more from the Rockets. The Rockets declined to add anything else to the trade that was that seven for christian wood 17 and jay sean tate was basically done and about to be delivered and then we just we both sides balked and that was and then it fell through and so then i'm on the clock i'm literally getting texts from we'll call him the commissioner if you're listening nick you were the commissioner for a day. Uh, and I and I had to make a pick. And I went with Matherin. And I went with Matherin for the reasons that I laid out. But I think this exercise kind of gives the you a sense of not like what is happening for the Blazers on draft night. I do not mean to suggest that the mock was similar to what the NBA executives are doing because the there's just so much more data that that NBA teams have who 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 is unhappy where and what NBA markets what other teams are trying to do financially I think in general NBA teams are like more apt to get cheap than locked on hosts are like no we'll spend the money who cares it's like it's very different they don't have ownership uh, prodding them I think that's one of the the sort of hard things to um <laughs> No, one of the challenging things to sort of replicate is cheap ownership uh, or let's say motivated ownership is maybe a more fair way to say that. They're cheap. Um, I know what I know how I feel. Um, But I think in general, I think in general, this illustrates the challenge the Blazers will find themselves in on draft night is that the trades you said that teams are going to agree to. Obviously, Christian Wood has been traded since I since I did this exercise. He got traded to the Mavericks for the 26th pick and some spare parts. Uh, that's a worse return than seven, I'll tell you that. That's why I didn't really want Christian Wood for seven. Um, plus, J- even Jay Sean Tate in 17 didn't quite do it for me, although they got me very, very, very close to, to pulling the trigger on that one. But, uh, you know, even it's like the Raptors might the Raptors might not have like depending on who's there at seven the right the Raptors are probably not that motivated to trade OG and Anobi straight up for for seven and Josh Hart uh, straight up for two things but you know like the package is is maybe not that alluring um you're taking an expensive contract of Julius Randle uh, even the the you know say with the Hornets where who seem like a really worthy trade partner there it's you know the 
Jess trading, you know, would the Blazers trade back to 13 to 15 for seven? I know. I don't think that fits what the Blazers want to do. Like that's, that is the trade that was offered to me. The counter for the Hornets was like, oh, you can have for seven, you can have 13 and 15. I don't want two rookies. I don't want like the, the Blazers aren't, aren't going to be better with two rookies. Um, you know, maybe more bites at the apple to steal a phrase, but like, I'd much rather have seven and go for it in the top 10 than drop back to, you know, six and eight spots and have, you know, my pick of Tari Eason and Mark Williams. So all of this is to say, or is to illustrate that the Blazers are in for a challenge. Thursday's going to be a challenge because they have a, they have a, a task that's at hand where they want to be good next year and be competitive. And the best path forward for them to be competitive is probably, as I laid out yesterday, is probably trading seven because it's their best trade piece. It's their best way to get better. Absolutely. Absolutely their best way to get better. That's why I said in yesterday's show, they basically have to trade seven or they do have to trade seven because this is their ammunition. They can trade seven and trade back for a vet and a, and a, a pick. That would be my preferred path because I think it's valuable for them to get a rookie, but um, our first round rookie, but Whatever it looks like, um, like it, I don't know that like people aren't banging down the door for seven. That's what I'm trying to say. There weren't teams that were really, really, really hyped on seven. There was nobody who I talked to. Um, a couple people didn't respond to my emails, but nobody who I talked to who um, who was like seven. Yeah, okay. Oh, oh, oh. Well, you know, oh, AJ Griffin, he's there. Oh, okay. Ben Matherin, he's there. It wasn't it wasn't like that. Uh, the Pelicans at eight were super excited to get Jeremy Sohan. So maybe there's a team out there um, who who really wants Sohan and something like that and thinks we, we got to get up high to, to you know, jump a couple teams in, in at eight, nine, ten. So go check out the Ultimate Mock Draft. That'll give you more insight. All the all the all the um, uh, hosts shared their picks and how and and their trade dealings and all of those things. And then we had folks break them down, including former Suns GM Ryan McDonough um, and, and the homies Raphael Barlow and Richard Stamen of Locked On NBA Big Board. It's a it's a good podcast. Like it's it'll really get you prepped and and give you a sense of kind of all the different markets. I, I highly recommend it. In fact, the first episode picks one through five was in this in the Locked On Blazers feed. Uh, if you're a podcast listener on Friday, so you had a chance to check it out, and you can check out the rest of the episodes there for you. Draft night uh, is Thursday night. We will have I will have content that immediately following the pick. Uh, make sure you're following the YouTube channel. Uh, I'll I'll have a show immediately up there. I'll have you know obviously show in the feed for Friday. We'll I'll have a quick reaction to whatever they do. So make sure you check that out. And the rest of the week we got a lot of fun here too. Uh, if you missed yesterday's show, we talked about why I think the Blazers basically have to trade seven. Uh, you listen to today's show. Ben Matherin's the guy. He's my guy. Calling my shot. Uh, on on Wednesday show, we'll have uh, the last mock drafts. Everyone's going release, to release their last mock drafts this week. I will, I will, We will go through who people think uh, the Blazers should take. And then we'll do some second round targets. The Blazers have two second round picks. Um, I, will, I will give you some names to know at 36 for the Blazers. Uh, some second round targets. And on, and on Thursday, draft morning, you will wake up with absolutely every draft rumor. I am going to, on an aggregation spot, on Wednesday night. That'll be in your feed on Thursday morning. And Friday show will be draft reaction. That is a fun week of draft stuff. And then it's here. Like, that's the fun part about Lockdown Blazers. We get through the draft. We have a whole bunch of fun. And then next week, we got a rookie to talk about. We got several rookies to talk about. The Blazers have three picks in the draft. We have a, probably a new, a new traded player they acquired. We'll be jumping into Summer League, all of that. It's going to be a ton of fun. Do not miss it. Tell your friends about this show so they can listen to it to start their day. And then you make it your first listen every day. You'll be able to talk about something fun. You'll be able to come back and join us. I really appreciate you listening. And I'll talk to you soon.